You're listening to the Hope City Community Church Podcast. We pray the message will encourage, inspire, and challenge you to experience the real Jesus. Thanks for listening. Now, let's tune in. Well, good morning, church. How's everybody doing? Really good, blessed, and highly favored of the King. Amen. Yes, God is good, yes? Well, I am excited to continue this series on the blessing. Um, last week, we talked about how to know what is a blessing and what's not a blessing. The week before that, we talked about the blessing being something that you can't take off and you can't put on. This week, I want to talk to you about keeping your eye on the blessing. Right. Keeping your eye on the blessing. Um, I grew up uh, and, and traveled all over. My parents um, uh, were, were ministers, and so we, we moved every once in a while. And uh, we lived in a place called Maumel, Arkansas. It's north of the river in Little Rock. And we lived in a condominium that the lady across the street had a pit bull named Mutsi. A pit bull named Mutsi. And Mutsi was the meanest, scariest dog to me uh, because... Uh, anytime you would get near, and, and Mutsi was on the chain, so anytime you get near, Mutsi would run as fast as she could to the extent of that chain. And I mean, her feet would be thrown out from underneath her. She was trying to get to you so fast, and she was aggressive and showing her teeth and ah, just being. And, and can I tell you, in times like that, it's hard to take your eye off of that situation. There are certain situations in life that draw our eye and they keep us focused. Uh, the, the scores of college football yesterday <laughs> kept me focused. There are certain things in life that demand our focus. And I really wish that when God was creating us, he created something in our heart and in our mind that did not give us the opportunity to take our eye and our focus off of a blessing. But had he done that, he would have been tampering with free will. And God does not want robots. He wants a people that will love him and worship him in spirit and in truth. And so he gives us the opportunity to focus on the things we desire to focus. And can I just, I mean, I don't know if you guys are in a season like I'm in a season. Sometimes it just, you have got to really sit down and focus. I mean, it seems like you're just overrun with things sometimes. Is anybody else there? You just may feel like you can be overwhelmed with things. Can I tell you, uh, one of the main things that we as believers should do is be proactive and be intentional with keeping our eye on the blessing. Amen. Keeping our eye on the blessings of God. Today, I'm coming to you from Genesis chapter 21, and I'm going to tell you the story of a lady named Hagar. A lady named Hagar. This is not the first time we see Hagar in the scripture. We hear about her a few other times, particularly in chapter 16 of Genesis. Um, she is the helpmate to uh, the handmaiden or helper to uh, Sarah, the wife of Abraham. Abraham, God's friend, you know, the father of the faith. When we hear terms like the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Abraham is a key figure 
in the initiation of God's goodness to humankind on earth. And he's one of what we call the fathers of our faith. Uh, a very, very big name in Old Testament and New Testament theology. But uh, God gave Abraham a promise that included his wife. And all the women uh, will understand what I'm talking about because God gave Abraham a promise of a child. And I think in the men's minds, we do all the work for kids and the women would just laugh at that, wouldn't you? Right? We know who does all the work in our house. It's all Wendy. We get that. We know. Um, But I will say this, that the, the promise that God gave Abraham was just as much of a promise to Sarah as it was to Abraham. Because I don't know if you know, I mean, there's only been one immaculate conception, and that was Jesus. So it was going to take two to tango to make this thing work. And this goes on for years. So this promise came, and it went, and nothing was happening. Uh, God promised Abraham that your, your, your lineage will be like the stars in the sky. Be more, more, more numerous than, than the stars in the heavens. And I don't know, on a good, clear night... Uh, have you ever just walked outside and just looked at the stars? Man, there's a lot of stars out there. And he promised Abraham, he said, your lineage will be like those stars. It's going to be vast. It'll be uncountable. And the problem was, is that Sarah and Abraham could not have children. They tried and tried and tried and nothing was happening. They couldn't have children. And so, uh, I don't know, men, if your wife is like my wife but she will do whatever it takes to get our family to where we're going. That's what good moms do. That's what good wives do. Can I tell you, they just, they, they got to hustle. There's a gear, there's a mama gear that men just don't have, right? Well, Sarah realizes that she's not able to bear children. And so she allows those thoughts of the wicked one to begin to rob her of a promise. Well, this is where Hagar enters the picture as far as today's story. Sarah goes to Abraham and says, Abraham, I, I, I know that I'm the reason we're not having children. God has promised you a lineage that outnumber the stars in the sky. For that to happen, we kind of need to get the party started. We need to at least have one. And let's see what happens from there. So she says, why don't you consummate a relationship with my chambermaid and then you will help fulfill God's promise. Can I just stop right there and tell you God does not need your help to fulfill his promise. But that, but that's the way the enemy plays with us though, doesn't he? Well, if God promised you this, you need to do the X, Y, and Z. No, can I tell you, God is God all by himself. He don't need you to put your hand in the cookie dough to make his cookies. We're going to leave that right where that's at. (laughs) So now we have Hagar brought into the picture. The relationship's consummated and Hagar becomes pregnant with Abraham's first child. And this child's name is Ishmael. This brings joy to Abraham, but it discourages Sarah. And over time, the scripture says that Sarah began to look scornfully upon Hagar. Can I tell you, sometimes we make decisions that we think are best, and when they don't pan out, we can lash out at people who really it's not their fault. 
Remember, it was Sarah's idea to bring Hagar into the picture in the first place. And so now we're in a picture to where God gave Abraham a promise with Sarah. But it looks as if Sarah's being left in the dust of the dream because now Hagar has stepped up and now there's a son, an heir named Ishmael. Sarah begins to get frustrated and the Bible says that uh, Hagar leaves the camp and an angel of the Lord comes back and says, you need to return. You need to do what's right. You need to come back. So Hagar's feeling the pressure from Sarah. So she comes back to the camp where she stays a few more years and this is where our verse picks up. Sarah eventually becomes pregnant and we know that as the son of Isaac. And Isaac is the true blessed one because the promise was not just to Abraham, it was to Sarah as well. So without Sarah and Abraham being the parents, that's not the exact blessing that God had planned. So this picks up in Genesis chapter 21 that uh, Isaac is being weaned and they're throwing a party because he's being weaned from his mother, which in uh, the Hebrew culture means the father can take a lot more active role in the raising of the child. Uh, and so they celebrate this in their culture. Um, I was almost going to uh, title my sermon, The Real Housewives of Israel. Uh, because there's just so much vitriol between these two women who honestly, both of them were blessed. Both of them were blessed. And, and, and before I even get into my text, I, I want you to know the devil tries to keep anger between people who are blessed. Amen. Man, he wants to keep backbiting as a part of the church. And I just, I, I refuse to let it work out here. So this is what I challenge you to do. If you have any ought or animosity in your heart toward anybody, go to that person directly. Go to that person directly. Have a conversation. Tell them that you give them the benefit of the doubt and you know that they would never intentionally hurt you, but this is the way you received it. Go make things right. Especially when it comes to your brothers and sisters in Christ. And even further, when it comes to Hope City, that's how we will handle our business here. Amen. And so if you have any animosity, man, go get that fixed. That's, that's not any way to live. Worrying about who's going to be where you're going next and where, who's saying what and who put this on Facebook. Oof, no thank you. That's just gross. Um, <laughs> this picks up in Genesis chapter 21, um, verse 8 through 21. We're going to read this. Um, let's read. Uh, so the child grew, Isaac grew and was weaned. And Abraham made a great feast on the same day that Isaac was weaned. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had borne to Abraham, scoffing. So let me paint this picture for you. We have a teenage boy uh, between the ages of 14 and 17, depending on which timeline you look at. And he is making jokes about the weaning of the young child, Isaac. And so there's this anger uh, that kicks off in Sarah. Mamas, can you relate? Uh, you mess with mama, you get some claws. You mess with mama's cub, you get all the claws. You hear me? <laughs> She's coming at you like a spider monkey. Uh, feet, hands, everything, you're gonna get it all. Um, and she looks over uh, and she sees him scoffing. Therefore, Sarah says to Abraham, 
cast out this bondwoman and her son. For the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, namely with Isaac. Ooh, real housewives of Israel. And the matter was very displeasing in Abraham's sight because of his son. You see, Abraham was a good man. He, he still loved his kid. Remember, Ishmael was the son of Abraham. And it was, this was tough on Abraham is what the scripture's telling us. But God said to Abraham, do not let it be displeasing in your sight because of the lad or because of your bondwoman. Whatever Sarah has said to you, listen to her voice. For in Isaac, your seed shall be called. Now, wait a second. The Bible said that blessed is the seed of Abraham, which you and I get to share in today. The Bible says if you're in Christ Jesus, that you're joint heirs with Jesus Christ, the seed of Abraham. That's talking about you and I even today. So if she can cut off Ishmael, she can cut us off today. Hang on now. Don't mess with my blessing. Verse 13, God says, yet I will make a nation of the son of the bondwoman because he is your seed. So Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water and putting it on her shoulder, he gave it and the boy to Hagar and he sent her away. Then she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. And the water in the skin was used up. And she placed the boy under one of the shrubs. Verse 16. Then she went and sat down across from him at a distance of about a bow shot. For she said to herself, let me not see the death of my son. So she sat opposite him and lifted her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the lad. Then the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said to her, what ails you, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up the lad and hold him with your hand, for I will make him a great nation. Then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water And she went and filled the skin with water and gave the lad a drink. So God was with the lad and he grew and dwelt in the wilderness. He became an archer. He dwelt in the wilderness of Paran. His mother took a wife for him from the land of Egypt. Father, today I pray that your word would come alive to us. I pray that we would gain wisdom and understanding from it. I pray, Lord, that we'd be sharpened Uh, take us to new heights in our understanding from your scripture. And Lord, remind us to keep our eye on our blessing, to keep our eye focused, that Lord, no matter what's going on around us, we're still blessed. No matter what the circumstances may be yelling and screaming, your word still has a voice to be heard. And your word declares us as blessed today. Teach us from your word, Holy Spirit. Let it not be my words that are taught, but wisdom from heaven in Jesus' name. Amen. So here we have cat fight. Sarah comes out. I don't want this heifer in the camp. Tell her and her kid, get up out of here. Ran her out. 
Abraham looks around and, and now, <laughs> the Bible talks about Abraham being like this manly man, you know. Let me tell you, when your wife starts hollering at you, you get right quick. I'm 6'4", 300 pounds. Wendy gives me a certain look. I'm doing whatever she says. And I can only imagine the tension in this relationship. Having watched Abraham spend time with her promise. Think about that. You were promised something from God. And now you're watching your husband celebrate your blessing with somebody else. Can I tell you that's a painful place to be? Sarah's processing this pain. And so finally, God blesses her with a child. And when the blessing of Hagar begins to scoff at the blessing of Sarah, that's it. She ain't taking no more. Ladies, have you ever been to a place you just can't take no more? I have been calm. I have done what the preacher told me to do. I have lived according to the word. I have been peace. I've worked hard to live peaceably among all people. But this heifer has got me bent. I'm losing my mind today. <laughs> this is what's happening in Israel. They're out here in the wilderness. The real housewives of Israel is taking place. Cat fight. Sarah goes to Abraham. She goes, that's it. Send her and Ishmael somewhere else. I can't deal with it. And Abraham had trouble in his heart because he loved his son. And I'm sure like any normal man, he'd go back and say, but wait, you were the reason that's even the thing anyway. Can I tell you that wasn't the time to bring it up probably. But you could see Abraham's heart was split because as any good man loves his children, he was split right down the middle between honoring his wife and loving his offspring. And so he goes and he tries to prepare them for a season out from under his covering. I thought about this a lot. Man, I want you to think about this. Imagine if you were preparing your wife and children for a season that you were not going to be there anymore. This is what Abraham's seeing. Every place I go, God says is blessed. That's Abraham. Everything he touches multiplies. That's Abraham. He's got more cattle than you can count. He just, man, he's just blessed but he's about to turn loose a woman that helped bring forth a promise along with the promise, along with the son and heir out into the wilderness, out from under his blessing. So he goes and he prepares the best he can in a short amount of time. Gets a little food, gets some water and he sends her on his way on her way and I can't imagine what was going on in his heart. While yes, he had honored his wife and yes, the, the angel told him to honor Sarah. There still had to be this dichotomy in his heart, this, this tearing in his heart that watched the 14 to 17 years of joy a father gets from a child, a son walk away. 
and this leaned on me heavy because I, I, I have a 13-year-old son. And I can't imagine preparing Wendy and Gabriel with just some things and saying, I'm not going with you. And what I've worked my entire life to amass is staying with me, but I'm giving you a few things to send you out. I'm sorry, but I can't go with you. I'm staying here. I'm gonna be obedient. Can I tell you, sometimes being obedient is just hard. When you first read this, it doesn't make sense and it doesn't match the character of God. But that's why we keep reading. That's why we continue to study. Because had Abraham gone with Hagar and with Ishmael, he would have always been her source. But God had a different plan for Hagar and Ishmael. He had a plan for Hagar. And his plan was to show this Egyptian bondservant that you can be blessed all by yourself. You don't need Abraham's blessing. God knows who you are. Can I tell you, you don't need anybody's approval. God knows who you are. You ain't, listen, I don't care what anybody says about you. God has called you blessed. And you can walk and function and operate as a blessed person today. But here's the tricky part. Life is hard. It's complicated. We can be overwhelmed and, 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 and sometimes our, our life becomes like this blinders. It's a set of blinders that we put on. And so we're so focused on just getting the next, the next task finished, the, the next. For me, it was, I've got to hurry up and get this office finished so that way I can quit uh, uh, having all the work of the church at our kitchen table. I've got to get this office finished. Then I've got to get this, this land. We've got to hurry up and get this land contract. Then once I get the land contract, hurry up and get it finished. Then hurry up and get the financing working. Then hurry up and sit with an engineer to get the building. Can I tell you, it's never ending. That's the lie of the enemy, is that you work a little harder, you'll get to the finish line. There is no finish line. Because the vision of God never ends. We're just gonna keep growing and keep growing and keep building and keep loving and keep changing people's lives. There's never gonna be a spot where God says, take a break. I'm through with Crestview, take a break. So you know what he looks for? He looks for us to keep our eyes focused correctly. To not be overwhelmed with the task because we're overwhelmed in his presence. She's overwhelmed with what's going on, Hagar. She goes out with a little bit of blessing that Abraham gave her. Just a, just a scooch. People use that word in Florida, scooch. A scooch. You guys are weird. <laughs> just a scooch. Just a little something, a little lanyard. Just a little something, something. And she takes off into the wilderness. A little bit of water, a little bit of food, which runs out fast. And she realizes that now she's in a place that she's left the blessing of Abraham. 
She's out here all on her own and the enemy does not want her to see that she is blessed. All he wants her to focus on is her circumstances. Oh man, stay with me on that thought just for a second. If we stay focused on our circumstances, it is so hard to see our blessings. Because circumstances, there's always something to get you down. There's always something that could be better. There's always something that could be tuned up. And as long as the enemy keeps us focused on those things, we're not seeing the blessing. And so the challenge as a believer is this, is that we have to continually focus correctly on what God would have us to see and it's that we're a blessed people. I, this is the one thing I'll never forget about going to Africa this past summer is understanding that their, their, their level of, of financial capability is, I mean, just what Maddie gets from her grandmother for a birthday present would feed them for a half a decade. I mean, it's crazy, crazy. But they function under a knowledge of their blessing. They just, man, they have this knowledge that God is good and they just operate in this joy because of God's goodness. Hagar's circumstances are very bleak. She's out of water. The blessings of Abraham have run out. Can I just tell you that the blessing of man was never meant to sustain you. The blessings of other humans will never be enough. They can give us little injections here and there. Ah, a little skin full of water, a little bread. Yeah, they can help us out a little bit. But I'm talking about real long-term sustainability. That's not another man's job. That's God's job. He says, let me be your shield and great reward. He says, let me be your provider. Let me be your Jehovah Rapha, your healer. Let me be your Jehovah Sidkenu, your righteousness. Let me be Jehovah Jireh, your provision. A term that Hagar uses for God, she calls him, for the first time in the scripture we see this term, Jehovah Elroy. It's the God who sees. She's panicking. And she takes her promise. She takes her dream. She takes her promise. She takes her blessing. She takes her son. She lays him underneath a little bit of shade by this tree. She begins to turn and walk. And just letting the emotion of that set in, the weight of that set in. Parents, can you imagine? You're thirsty, starving, and you're watching your promise die under a tree in the wilderness. And you turn and you begin to walk. 
because you don't want to watch what's about to happen next. Can I tell you, the enemy was doing everything he could to keep Hagar's eyes focused on her circumstances. But how many know God is good? Yes. Something shifted. And Hagar remembered that there was a promise. And she began to cry out and her son began to cry out. Can I tell you, generational blessing is a real thing. Yes, sir. Parents, teach your children to cry out to God. They began to cry out. And an angel said, what's happening down here? I love how nonchalant the angel was. You know why the angel was nonchalant? Because the angel wasn't worried about Abraham's blessing. He knew the true source. This angel walks up and goes, what's the, what's the problem here? She goes, we're dying. The scripture says, and God opened her eyes. And the blessing that she needed was right in front of her was right in front of her. Can I tell you, when you think you're against the ropes and you think you're being counted out, can I tell you God is counting you in? Can I tell you when the whole world seems to be against you, it doesn't matter. The Bible says if God can be for you, who can be against you? So I encourage you today, no matter what seems, you could be here today and you say, Pastor, my dream is dying. Hagar can relate. But you see, what God has spoken, no man can change. What God has declared over you, not even death can stop. Hagar places her son under the tree and she goes and she begins to weep and cry out to God and she says, you are Jehovah El Roy, I know you see what's going on here. And he says, I see it, the problem is you don't see it. He says, I let Abraham put you out here so that you could see me. I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm also the God of Hagar and Ishmael. I'm your God too. And see, it's so easy to get caught up in this life looking at other people's blessings. I promise you, it crossed Ishmael's mind and it crossed Hagar's mind to think about what Abraham was having for dinner that night while they were starving. We're always counting somebody else's blessing and God's saying, open your eyes, I'm blessing you. God does not love another person as much as he loves you. We are all equal in his sight. He does not withhold any good thing from his children. That's what the scripture tells us. And so, We've got Hagar now, and opens her eyes, and she looks, and there is a well just feet from her. And the angel says, go get your boy and pick him up. Go pick your dream up. Go pick your promise up because it will not die here today. Church, I implore you, go pick your dream up. Go pick your promise up. 
What has God spoken over you? Go pick that up and stand on that today. Because the provision of that dream is not on you. He will make a way. The Bible says he's the God who brings rivers to the desert. As I close, I just want to give you this last thought. We always look for people to be our blessing. And God uses people. But don't make the mistake, they're not the source. You see, <laughs> oh, this is good. Abraham gave Hagar some bread. God gave Hagar a hunter named Ishmael. He said, what I give continues to feed. Abraham gave Hagar a little bit of water. God says, I'll give you a well that'll never run dry. You know what's crazy about this story? Is that to this very day, when the descendants of Ishmael meet, they drink from this well to this very day. By the millions, they meet and they drink this water. And it reminds them that God is still blessing. You see, the Bible says that the wages of our sin, the penalty is to the third and to the fourth generation. But the blessing of God is unto a thousand generations. He just keeps blessing. He just keeps loving. He just keeps putting it on. And the only thing he asks, the only thing he asks from us, is keep your eyes open. Stay focused on what I'd have you stay focused on. Don't let the circumstances of this world draw your eye away. You stay focused on what I promised you. And I promise you this, if you do that, you will begin to notice that you truly are seeing the goodness of God in the land of the living. Amen? Yes. Amen? Amen? Stand up on your feet. I want to bless you. Oh, you're a blessed church, Hope City. You are a blessed church. Full of grace to tolerate me every week. But you're a blessed church because you love people. So what would God have us keep our eye on? Every week before service, uh, everybody that helps us set up, we have a, a circle in the back. And I said, you know, I said, today I want you to remember one thing. It's just about one more. Talked about it last week. Let's never forget it's just about one more family. It's about loving the people God sends to us. And if today's your first week with us, I want to tell you that we're so glad you're here. We have prayed for you. So how do you pray for me? You never met me. Oh no, we've asked God to bring you for months. <laughs> we may not know your name, but God has. He has you nailed down. He knows exactly where you're supposed to be. And so I want to thank you for coming. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to keep our eyes focused on what God has called us to do here as a church. To stay focused on you as a guest and to love you well. I thank you for that. I want to bless us today as we leave. But I'm going to pray a particular prayer. And the prayer is this, that God will keep our eye focused on his goodness. 
See, we're going into the Thanksgiving season, and boy, we have so much to be thankful for. We have so much to be thankful for. And my prayer is that he will keep us focused on those things, but also remind us to what he's called us to. You have a purpose. God has a plan for your life. And I want him to remind you of what that is. It's so easy to get caught up. Man, life is just, it can be overwhelming at times. But if we stay focused and fixed on what he's called us to, man, we are going to see God do some incredible things. Not just in the rest of this year. But how many know 2023 is coming and it's going to be an amazing year? Amen. Amen. Yeah. Come on, let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. God, I thank you that Hagar was not guaranteed a blessing by her blood. She was an Egyptian, not an Israelite. God, I thank you that she wasn't guaranteed it uh, for any other reason except the fact that you spoke it. And that's more than enough. Because Lord, when I go into your scripture, I see what you've spoken over us. I see what you've spoken over me. I see what you've spoken over my wife and my children. Lord, you've spoken so many great things that I'll be blessed going in and coming out. That I'll be blessed in the city and in the field. That whatever I touch will multiply. That anywhere my feet touch, Father, that you'll give me authority and dominion there. Father, you said that I'll ride upon the heights of the mountaintops. Lord, that, that I would walk in health, strength, and vitality. Lord, your word declares these things over me, but it's so easy for me to get focused off of your word. So would you just help me, help us stay focused on what you've said, not our circumstances. I thank you for these precious people that are here. Would you just bless them and keep them? Be gracious to them. Show them your favor. Make your face shine upon us and give us peace, both now and forevermore. Cover us with the blood of Jesus. From the top of our head to the soles of our feet, I thank you that no weapon formed against us will prosper. Not even our own self-applied blinders. Not even the things that would beset us, those thoughts, those, those, those circumstances that would take our focus. Father, we yield our focus to you and we want to see what you would have us see. So help us. Help us to have heaven eyes. Help us to have kingdom eyes, kingdom vision today. We know you're faithful to do that. Take us from this place in the peace and the goodness of God and we'll give you the glory, the honor and the praise for it and bring us back next week for more of your word and full of your wisdom. In Jesus' name and everybody said, amen. We love you, we bless you and we'll see you next week. For more information about Hope City Community Church, visit www.hopecitycc.com. Until next time.